This is episode number five with Bruce Jones. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hi there, this is Michelle, and welcome back to another episode of the Good Life Coach Podcast. I have on a great guest today if you've ever dreamt about self-publishing a book. Have you ever thought to yourself, wow, I'd love to create a children's book or a cookbook or a book of poetry or any form of book, fiction, nonfiction, but you just don't know where to begin? Today's guest is going to help you move through all of that. Bruce Jones is an international best-selling author, graphic designer, and product developer. Bruce writes, speaks, and consults on publishing, social media, blogging, video, and general marketing. Bruce is also the author or creator of over 40 books on the topics of geography, music, business, publishing, children's, and coloring books. This is really a self-publishing 101, and we cover the information that you need in order to know where to start and what's involved so you can decide if this is a path that you want to take. I will tell you that my 10-year-old is producing a coloring book, and we will have that up on Amazon in the new year. And a good friend of mine's mother, who is 90, is self-publishing a book of poetry. So if you think you're too old, too young, too whatever to self-publish a book, I'm here to tell you that if it's in your heart to do, get the information you need and take the steps to realize your dream. I also want to note that since Bruce and I recorded this episode, there's been a change in entities of where you'd go to self-publish your book. So you'll hear us talk about Create Space and that no longer exists. Where you would go is Kindle Direct Publishing, and that is owned by Amazon. And it's, again, it's called Kindle Direct Publishing. Just want to let you know as you tune in uh, what the updated information is. Okay, so let's get into the show. Hey, Bruce, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michelle. Glad to be here. I'm so happy to have you on. Uh, for those of you listening, Bruce and I have known each other 20 years. It makes it sound like forever, <laughs> but I was 27 years old when I became director of marketing for a major law firm in Boston, and Bruce was my go-to guy for all the graphic stuff I had. We did over 100 conferences and brochures, numerous websites, logos, newsletters, right, Bruce? So Bruce was the guy I would pick up the phone and call, and something happens about 10 years later. All of a sudden, I'm on Bruce's newsletter, and I start seeing him talk about self-publishing, and I was curious. I was like, oh, Bruce is switching gears here. And Bruce, I'd love it if you could tell your story, because you've been in graphic design for 35 years. Yep. Yep. Yes, I have. And um, uh, so basically what I did is I um, 
part of when my earliest memories of myself at five years old is I had a sort of set of three goals. And uh, one was to own my own business. Uh, the other was to do something with TV and film. And the third one was to create books. And uh, so I had always wanted to do it, but I'm dyslexic. So it was just a huge struggle to try to write and do anything. I, writing a memo, writing an email is always just a huge struggle. And I really just had a hard time with it. But sort of around, well, around age 53, I tell people I learned how to write. Around um, 50, I decided to start really pushing. I started blogging. I started just trying to do it. And um, around 53, I took a uh, internet marketing course and the, the the person who was running the course had an exercise of releasing a little bit of content with a question and you had to fill in the question by the time you get done with all the questions you had written the business plan and what i discovered at the end of that process is i suddenly i could write what had been just a huge struggle before that at 53 suddenly words just came pouring out of my fingers and um so I'm 63 now, so 10 years. And so I just started writing and writing and writing and writing and writing. And uh, now being able, being able to create a book was a whole lot easier. And uh, But I had been really pushing hard at that point to try to do something, but didn't realize I was going to break through a barrier. And um, so once I started doing it, and you start creating books and doing books. And I now have 43 books um, of my own that I published of all different kinds. People start asking you, can you help me with their books? And also, being a graphic designer, I produced a lot of books just in general. Uh, it's just part of the job. Um, so I was able to sort of combine those two things together. And, and uh, um, you know, and I really embraced And also, right at that time is when self-publishing took off and CreateSpace and, and Kindle, both two companies at Amazon, became available. So the, the ability to publish or self-publish suddenly was um, the barriers were knocked down and you could do it. And so that's why sort of that's why you see that sort of starting at that time is I just jumped on at that moment when the world sort of said, hey, you can do this now and and gave you the tools to do it. So. So you touched upon it in your book. Actually, I was reading you have a book. I want to publish my book, but I don't know how, which is the most common question I guess you get on your Facebook group. Yeah. Um, and it's everything you need to know to create an ebook or print book. And I saw that you were telling about that story of how when you were a little boy, you really struggled with that. And I think it's really helpful for you to be sharing this now and letting people know, you know, you may not consider yourself a writer, but that doesn't mean that you can't do this. And I think one of the reasons I wanted to interview you in particular, Bruce, um, is that you are so encouraging of anyone who wants to put pen to paper or even create some sort of um, coloring book or anything where they're going to go out and self-publish. And I think in a world where everyone wants to tell you why you can't or you shouldn't or that's a bad idea, you're the opposite. And I always really appreciate that about you. Um, so um, congratulations. I mean, 40 books later. Uh, <laughs> I know when people who know me are always amazed when they go, well, you have so many books, like you must just, just pour out of you. And I and then I go, well, I didn't learn to write till 53. And it really sort of surprises people sometimes when they're like, I mean, there was a real barrier. You know, I was the kid in school, um, like in junior high, I was the kid who made the models that the English teacher felt sorry, felt sorry for and let you make a model or do something. So I made a Viking village. I made a wind, working windmill. I made different things and do a project because I just couldn't. The, the writing was just so hard. So, so I understand that path of 
trying to to write if writing isn't sort of you know if you weren't sort of born with that skill or, or you you learned how to do it so um yeah no and i just love helping people it's just it's fun to watch what happens to them um as they uh, publish their book and receive the first book in their hands it's really quite amazing as a there can be a enormous life transformation um from publishing your first book so it's um it, it's i often tell people it's the fulfillment of a dream you might not have even known you had when you hold your first book in your hands so it's it can change your lives it can send you in different directions so you know that I can speak to that now because, um, so I should tell the story and then we'll get into the nuts and bolts of how to self-publish and why and the differences. But um, the reason um, that Bruce and I connected on self-publishing is I had gotten certified as a holistic health coach and they offered a course, how to self-publish a book, because many of us wanted to either do something in the self-help lifestyle space or write a cookbook or a nutrition book. And they knew that writing a book is better than a business card, right? It establishes right. some exactly. of credibility yep. and it gives you a platform and it, and it distinguishes you. And so I thought, well, this is great. And they said, you know, find yourself an accountability partner. And all I could remember was I was getting your emails and I'm like, Hey, Bruce, who I know and like, is doing this stuff. I think he would be perfect. And I remember I reached out to you and I said, hey, is there something you're working on? Let's be each, be each other's accountability partner, which is what we did. But then I took it a step further because you had the graphic design background and I, I had to get a book up. I had eight months to get a book up on Amazon. So it was April 2015 was my deadline. I mean, I reached out to you and I said, hey, you know, let's be each other's accountability partner. And you were awesome. Um, and then I asked you to help me with the the layout and the design because you had that piece. But we'll get into how somebody can um, to do how somebody, you know, can get the the help that they need on that end of it. Oh, and yes. And it was, in fact, and you told me when it's done and it's up there, it's, there's no words to describe it. And it really was such a dream for me it was a dream fulfilled i i've right. always i've written or started i should say i think three fiction books that i never did anything with and so this was a nonfiction, and it was really dear to my heart so um it was wonderful but uh let's get into the nuts and bolts so right. let's start with what's the difference between self-publishing and a traditional method of publishing so the traditional method of publishing you would get an agent and the agent would shop around your manuscript or your book uh, concept and try to find a, a publisher and um, which is now extremely difficult to do because um, it's just it's the book publishing industry has changed so much and self-publishing has come in so but the traditional route is that you would get an agent that would shop it around you might get a publisher if they said yes you might get an advance out of that and then you sort of go through a process that may take up to a year um, or longer to get your book done you've probably have written your book, but then has to go through editing and design, and it just takes a long time. Um, and then they launch the book. And in today's world, very often, they're not actually doing any marketing. A lot of that is now held on to you, even though they published it. Um, and another big difference is that publishers own your content. They hold the copyright on your book. So one of the reasons I'm a huge fan of self-publishing is, is a whole bunch of reasons. So one is, um, nobody can say no. So publishers, you know, anybody who's gone down the publishing route, there's a lot of rejection letters in there. Um, with um, self-publishing, 
nobody's going to say no. Now, sometimes that can be bad because you're putting up a book that might not be that great, but that's okay. That's, that's In my view, that's okay. So one is nobody can say no. Two is your speed to market. You can get your book out um, super, super fast. In fact, I've done books within a weekend of each other, you know, where there was a bunch of text and a few days later, a book is published. So you don't have that long time. And, and why that's kind of an advantageous is often when you have an idea for a book, especially a business book, you're also sensing some kind of market that's going on that that book fits into. So speed to market is really important for a lot of books to catch that wave. Um, you make more money. The royalties are much higher if you use CreateSpace and Kindle than they are in traditional publishing. I, most of my books, um, I generally have a royalty of $2.50 to $3.50. Cents um, somewhere in there. Traditional publishing, it might be seventy cents to a dollar. Um, you don't get the upfront, but you get much higher royalties. And if you want more, you can just charge more. Um, you do have to do all the work that you're doing, but there are a lot of services out there to help you. And then another really important reason for self-publishing is that you retain the rights to your book. I think one of the greatest moves that Amazon did when they set up CreateSpace or they they bought CreateSpace and then they set up Kindle is that they left the rights with the author. So what that really means is you control your rights and you can reuse your content in your marketing, other products, do different things with them. You don't give up your content. So I think that was a, a huge move on Amazon's part to go in that direction. So um, self-publishing, speed to market, better royalties. No one can say no. You own your content. Uh, you can do whatever you want. Um, so regular traditional publishing, unless you're a big name, if you're a really big name, you have a large platform, you know, people are coming after you for a book, then you may just go in that way. But um, for all of us sort of little people, um, the self-publishing is definitely the way to go. And uh, so I'm a huge fan of it. Um, and as I said, I have over 40 books right now that, you know, I don't think any publisher would actually ever want but have been very successful. So. That's right. No, you do a great job making a lot of passive income with those books. Yeah, you make a lot of passive income out of it. And because you can, yeah, it just pass, and it just goes and goes and goes. And no one can, no one, you know, says no. So I think it's a great opportunity to get your book out there and your message out there. And, you know, if you take care to create a good product, then, you know, you can be proud of it and, and hopefully make some sales. Yeah, I think that's so right. And actually, so let's just take a second, though. So you referenced CreateSpace. So for those people listening who are unfamiliar with what that is, could you just explain what CreateSpace is? Yeah, so there's sort of, I'm going to say there are three vendors that most self-publishers go with. There's a there's a nice sort of pool of depending what kind of book you're making. But the three main ones that you're going with, and the way they break down is for, for a paperback book, um, there's a company called CreateSpace, and CreateSpace.com is the print-on-demand side of Amazon for paperback books. So Amazon Amazon owns a couple of companies for self-publishing. CreateSpace is one of them, and it's where you do a paperback book. And that's where you have your account. They're the ones who pay you. That's where you upload your file. So that's for a paperback book. If you're going with an electronic book or an e-book, the, the dominant platform is the Kindle, which is an Amazon tool book reading tool, the book reading device. And Kindle is the is their ebook side. Now Kindle is also opened up and starting to do paperback books too for Kindle authors. So they're now doing both, but most self-publishers do create space for the print books, Kindle for the ebooks. And then the third vendor 
a, a major decision that you have to make. And a lot of uh, self-publishers, including myself, this is what I do, is I just stay on Amazon, and that's my world. Amazon is a fantastic place to be, the most trusted e-commerce platform on the planet. They do a great job. You can just stay there. You'll stay with those two vendors. If you want to be in bookstores, um, then you would use a company called Ingram Spark. And Ingram, the, Ingram, the company, is the world's largest book distributor. It's in the world. They're all over the world, and they print all over the world. But um, and they'll do paperback, they'll do hardcover, they'll do hardcover with wraps, they'll do ebooks, they do the whole mix. But if you want to be in stores, you need to be in the distribution system. They also use print on demand, um, and they also distribute to Amazon and all the other places too. Um, but so Ingram is where you would go. And then it, it can get a little complicated describing all the differences. But basically, if you want to be in stores, you're going to take a look at Ingram. If you just want to be on Amazon, which is what most self-publishers do, then paperback is create space, ebook is Kindle. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, no, it's it is clear. Yeah. And um, you know, I think as somebody goes down the path, then all this information is ready available, and it, you just yeah. follow the next right step when you're doing it. So, Bruce, you talked about the fact that you have 40 different books, and self-publishing is such a great vehicle to get whatever kind of book you want to get out there. Can you talk about what are the ideal kind of books that are best suited for self-publishing? Because for example, you know, I self-published because I was taking a course in this and I love learning new things and I figured, okay, this is an experience and we'll see what happens. At some point, I'm if I had a bigger platform like you mentioned or had an idea that I thought needed to be more mainstream, then maybe I would consider finding an agent and doing that. But for the the reasons that you mentioned, I loved the process of self-publishing. I love the control of the cover, which I understand in traditional publishing, you don't have control over. Is that true? Uh, often, yeah, unless you, correct. It, it's For the, the most it, part. You're giving up your book. Now, you may have approval rights on it, but you're you're giving up the book and it becomes their product. You know, books are just products and a publisher is selling a product and the product is the book. So they're controlling how they want it to look into their their mix of books and their library of books. And, you know, so, yeah, so I, I um, generally you would lose control of doing that. Right. And I think so I'm thinking about the audience here who are women. Some are in the corporate world who might want to use a book to um, advance their uh, platform, to use it as um, a tool to gain new business and just to own their own um their positioning, their expertise, yeah. their authority, maybe exactly. authority. Yeah. yeah, so a woman, right, a woman who's looking to enhance her authority in a space. It could be um, a mom who's had a book that she's been looking to put out in the world and just wants to experiment with what would happen. And um, I'd love just what your thoughts are in terms of what you see uh, women using the self-publishing model for and how they've been successful at that. So... Um, there's some very popular formats that people do. So one might be the easiest is a children's book. So once you have kids, um, a lot of people want to make a children's book either with their kid or, you know, because of having children, um, they're exposed to a lot. So children's books are always high up on the self-published list. People just, people just love doing them. Um, next to that, I would say are picture books, um, which is really just a, like a children's book, but it might be a photo book or a family book or some kind of picture book. Um, cookbooks are, are often high up. They're a little more complicated. In fact, probably a lot more complicated because of the design issues. Um, 
I also get requests on on poetry books um, to, for people to produce poetry. So those would be sort of, I'll say the sort of the, in the non-professional side of things, um, but they're but they're important books that a lot of people want to make, and they're also a great way to kind of get started because it's you don't have to have written an entire book. You can just sort of use you know you can get illustrations done. They're shorter. Um, that kind of thing. On the professional side, um, a lot of people do books basically that are used for building their authority and are related around what their job is. So if they're an investment manager or they're, you know, some kind of a planner or consultant, um, you know, anything, you know, uh, somebody running workshops, these are books that support their job and support their themselves as the authority in that particular business. So it makes a great, as you had said, it makes a great calling card because people don't throw away books. You can give a book as a gift, and it's a great way to get a um, to get business. And it just you can use it as a as a as a prop when you're speaking on video or on live. That hey, this is my book. You can be introduced because of this book. You can use it as a calling card, and. And I think we'll talk a little bit here. They're relatively easy to make um, in terms of writing them, it's, as opposed to writing fiction. So a lot of the people I see who are doing self-publishing, men and women, um, are, the, are books that are around positioning themselves, showing their authority, showing why their expertise, as opposed to nonfiction or romance, I mean, as opposed to fiction or romance or mystery books um, from the worlds that I'm in, it's usually on the on this sort of the, the side I'm saying the the positioning book. Um, so those and they can be of any varied length. They don't have to be particularly big, and it's really just to sort of highlights what you do in your job, and then you can use it to move your either reward your position, remove your position, you know, help you get more clients, you know, whatever you want to use them for. So. Yeah. So what would be the very first step somebody would need to take? So they say, okay, I'm going to do a cookbook or I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to use it to get speaking engagements because I'm in a corporate environment and want to get out there. What's the very first step somebody needs to take to start? So basically it's start writing. But what I usually do when somebody comes to me who, let's just work on the professional, let's just focus on the professional book. And I, as an exercise, it's actually, it's in my book I talk about called the top 10 technique. And uh, everybody uses some version of this. I, I call mine the top 10 and I'll just describe it quickly here. But basically it's, I'll ask somebody, what is the most common question you get asked? And, you know, and I'll just say, just, I got one sentence of what is that question that you're asked more than any other question. And what that is, is that is how people see you in your job. It may not always be what your job is, and it may not be what you want to be known for, but it's how people see you. And if you can kind of tap into that, so somebody will write a single sentence, you know, I'm, you know, how do I run a conference might be the question. And then I'll say, give me the second most popular question and the third most popular question. And maybe you get 10 or 12 questions. Those questions then flushed out by expanding that to a paragraph and then four or five paragraphs um, gives you a book that's really focused around what it is you do. You're allowed to sort of bring your expertise to those questions, resources from those questions, and you can flush that out. And you're really just sort of describing your job and your sort of the thing you do. It may not be your job, but it's your expertise. And you're doing it based on how people see you and the questions that they ask. So you're 
if somebody comes to you in your area and you they want to know more about you or about your field, you can hand them a book that basically answers many of those questions. And there's different variations of this, but it's a great way to sort of start the process um, because you're already answering that question all day. Um, one of the things I tell people to do is just carry a little notebook or a pad with you for a month or two and write it. If you're not sure what that question is, just write it down. Write down every single question you get asked during the day. Just keep a little log of it. You know, somebody asks you a question, go off in the corner, write that question down. And then at the end of a month or two months, go through that book, organize them, cut, take the pages out, cut them up and put them in little piles. And you'll discover how people perceive you and what are the questions they want to know. And you can base a book around that. It's a very sort of comes out of what you do every day. It comes out of your expertise. And then you can, you know, take that, add a bio, add some resources, add introduction, and you have a book um, without having to start on page one going, today I did, you know, in the beginning I did. You don't want to do that. You want to kind of just respond to what the world is around you. So. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I think, you know, a couple things that I'm thinking of is one is when I was starting, I remember you said to me, come up with your seven chapters and then for each chapter, fill in, you know, the first sentence and then go back and do the first paragraph. Mm -hmm. So I ended up doing a different kind of book because um, at first I was going to do one based on nutrition. And then I really decided to put the book that was in my heart to do because I'm all about that. So um, <laughs> it's a book of inspiration. So but I still had to do that. So I had 52 inspirations, which created 52 chapters. But um, I think you're right. You just need to start writing once you have a framework and an outline for what it is you're creating. And I started with that outline. Um, so also what you're talking about too made me think of, you know, in marketing, we always talk about your ideal client avatar. So really understanding who your audience is, what do they look like? What do they care about? What are their worries? What are their dreams? And then really tailoring whatever language you're using to address all of that. So that and all would, those, and yeah. all those, the answers to all those questions are based on the questions that people are asking you. Yes. They're asking you. You just have to listen. you have to listen to yeah. what they're asking. But they're, all the things you just said, their problems, their issues, their dream, all that, it, it's being given to you every day right. in, your, in your profession. Um, and I just wanted to fill in a little bit. The reason I – and you alluded on it that the thing usually when I teach this is to get your 10 sentences, which are your 10 ideas, do one paragraph for each sentence – not two or three, just one all the way across. Then once you've finished your 10, let's just say you have 10 questions, your 10 paragraphs, then come back and make that one paragraph, three, four, five paragraphs, and you do them basically horizontally. The, the reason is that if you sort of start it at the beginning and go, in the beginning I did this and tried to do an entire paragraph, entire chapter, is you'll just burn out or it won't relate. But if you do them sort of horizontally, what you said in chapter 10 actually will relate to what's going on in chapter one, and you're not too far down the road to fix it. And you can you can go, oh, that's what I really should have said because of something you didn't discover until you got to chapter 10. So you're not too far advanced. You're just kind of moving the whole thing like horizontally. Um, so it really makes – I think it just is easy. It's the way that I learned. It's the way I do design projects is kind of how I came to that is – I don't finish the first page of a brochure and then go to the second page. I do all the pages at the same time. And then you kind of let everything influences everything else. And it kind of just works from there. So it's, there's a lot of different ways of doing it. Um, and I think I remembered when we worked together, you had sort of gotten stuck on, a, on some of them 
and uh, I had you um, dictate them into your phone. And yeah, I remember that. And that's a great way. If you're sort of a car is a great place to dictate because you're alone. You do it every day if you're commuting, and uh, it's a nice little chamber, and you can dict. All phones now have um, voice to text transcript transcription software built into them. Um, and then you can email yourself the copy and, you know, you're just doing it while you're driving to work every day. So. Yeah, no, that's great. And actually that was super helpful. I, I find I get inspiration when I'm in the shower, when I'm going for a walk. So it'll come at times. And so just saying it into the phone, at least then you don't lose that idea, you don't lose it. Yep, which is so key because a lot of times, a lot of inspiration or good ideas hit you when it's not convenient. So if you can just get that out of your head and out, then you can then clean it up once you get it down on paper. Um, so let's go to, so I do think, I agree. I have women who say, oh, I want to write a children's book. I want to write a book with my kid. Um, where could somebody find an illustrator, an artist? Because that's really usually the hard part. Uh, it's not the story that they're struggling with. It's it's the illustrations. Where can somebody go? What's a resource for? Yeah, so there's a couple of, res- there's a number of resources that, that work really well. One of them is a freelance site called Fiverr. F-I-V-E-R-R, Fiverr.com. And it's a site where all kinds of, it used to be things you would do for five bucks, but now it's, it's different than that. Um, but you can, um, you can go there, you can troll through, look through all the examples of children's illustrations. It's all broken down by different skills. So you just search on children's book illustrations and you can just see a whole bunch of people. And then you can kind of go onto their, their page and look at their examples and how they work. Um, A lot of people use Fiverr, and it's people all around the world. So you just want to make sure you have full rights after you receive your images. It's a really good idea to test a couple of them. And and some people say test three or four or five different illustrators and just be comfortable to say, okay, I like this person's working style. They listened to what I was saying. Um, You know, they gave me the images back the way I needed them, that kind of stuff. So Fiverr is a – but and you're only spending minimal dollars for – you know, something that, you know, is going to be super important to you. Um, so Fiverr is a good place. You can also look on Craigslist. Um, again, test a number of people to make sure you like their work style and they, you and them get along. Um, there are also many Facebook groups with illustrators in them. So you can just search on Facebook for illustrators um, and just see what you can, you can find. And then the, the last one I would say is one of the major stock photo houses is a company called Shutterstock shutterstock.com you can just search on children's illust- you can children's illustrations you'll see thousands of different kinds and with many of them if you click on the illustrator's name they'll give you the ad the email address so you could reach out to them privately outside of shutterstock and maybe they have a website you can you, know, you can that kind of thing um, and then just check around if you're around in a circle of other people who are making books um, uh, you know it's, you can often get a referral so those would all be different ways that I would go out finding an illustrator if you're not doing it yourself. Absolutely. Because I think not everyone is an artist out there or, you know, has a certain idea of what they want. Um, and Upwork.com or 99designs, would either of those work? Yeah. Yeah. 99designs might be a little bit more money. 99 might be a great place to go to get a cover design. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, and they do sort of a, you know, you sort of, here's my project. Here's what I'm looking for. And people kind of bid on it with different uh, spec illustration so it's a it's a super place to get um uh ideas or get people you know like a cover for your book um yeah any of those places just i think the best advice is you're going to be sort of married to this person for a while 
um, as you work through this project. So you just want to make sure you're comfortable with their work style, um, how they treat their images. You want to make sure you get um, full rights so that you can use your images, even if it costs you a little bit more, that you can use the images in T-shirts or posters or anywhere in your marketing that you have access. You might put them on a hat or a mug or a clock. Um, you know, the part that we didn't mention about with self-publishing, one of the reasons it's so successful is it all uses a technology called print-on-demand. So, and one of the big questions that people ask about self-publishing is how many books do I have to print and how much does it cost? CreateSpace, Kindle, and all of these in Ingram, you don't have to pay anything. They're generally free or extremely small fee because they're just printing them as people order them. So if somebody comes to Amazon, orders a book, there is no inventory of books sitting in a warehouse. They're created one at a time. Um, and that has just become so efficient. So that's called print on demand. And that's why everything uh, can be done this way now, including pillows and T-shirts and mugs and hats and things. Um, they're all done just as somebody orders them. They're created. So um, there is no cost for CreateSpace or Kindle to um, upload your book, publish your book, do anything. And they also have really, really good author prices. So that's all something to keep in mind. Yeah, no, that's hugely important because the days of having to have a warehouse or a garage full of books that you have to buy in advance is is gone, and that's what's what's so great about this these platforms like Create Space right. or Ingram Spark. So I always tell people, you do not want a garage full of books. Like you do not want that. It's just it, to have to then try to distribute those books is a, is just enormously difficult, and there's no need for it anymore. And there's no need to pay. Other than maybe with Ingram, which has a very small fee, you know, under $200 to get the whole doing, uh, there's no need to pay for anything. Um, either. Uh, you know, the fees are very minimal or they're just for essential elements like an ISBN number or something like that. So, um, yeah, you know, let's actually get into cost a little bit. So um, somebody might want to do a project with their child just for more personal reasons. Somebody may be wanting to produce a book for that it's just been a dream and they want to see it realized. Somebody may be doing it because they're in corporate, like we talked about, and want to build their platform and their um, recognition as a published author. So what could somebody expect to pay? We're talking cover design, layout. I know CreateSpace allows you to do that through them, yeah. actually. So there's different yeah. ways. So on the low end to the high end, you got, you're got you going to need an editor if you're doing a traditional, I mean, not a traditional book, meaning traditionally published, but actual text versus picture book. So let's, let's talk about cost. I would say you can go from free to $10,000 and everywhere in between. And where the cost might be is you can do everything for free if you did it yourself. Like when I create my own books, Everything I do is because I know how to do it. So everything is basically free. You you create your book. You might do it in Word. You can do it in Design. You make the there's two PDF files that are required. One's for the cover. One's for the interior. Those files are uploaded to CreateSpace or depending on what you're doing to Kindle, and um, and then they're processed and then you know you hit publish and off they go. So you can do it for free. There's if you're on uh, both Kindle and CreateSpace have cover creators, there's also Canva, which is a great place for making covers for Kindles. So costs that would come in, and I really do recommend, this is probably one of the costs, 
would be um, to get your book edited. That's one of the major criteria that people will see with self-published books is that the person didn't get it edited. And I would say, you know, you could probably in the low end, you could hire an editor for $500. It's well worth it, especially if you're doing a business book. Um, you might also hire a proofreader. So editor initially to clean it up and then a proofreader right near the end is probably a good investment um, so that you don't get those reviews on Amazon that says, you know, great book, but the person doesn't know how to spell because um, that just defeats you. Um, if you're hiring, if you need illustrations, and those prices are all over, you may find somebody who will do illustrations for $35 a piece, $100 a piece, $500 a piece, um, but uh, fiber is going to be a sort of the low end. You may need, if you can't do it yourself, and it's getting easier and easier and easier, but um, somebody to lay the book out. So a lot of people who are doing just nonfiction books on Kindle um, can just use Microsoft Word and format the book and put it up and there's no cost. Um, but you know, if you're going to have a book formatted, I'd say um, you know, Kindle is probably in the three to seven hundred, and graphic is in, in paperback book. Um, you know, it might be, let's say 500 up to a, th- a couple thousand, depending on what you're doing, how many pictures, graphics, all that kind of stuff. And it could be even more than that, depending who you go to, but you can somewhere in that range. Um, you also want to do, um, prepare your marketing and things like that. So you can do all that yourself using social media and blogs and Facebook, or some people will hire somebody to help them launch their book. And that can range, 1,500 is a number a lot of people will use for that and more. So I would say depending what you're doing, if you're, if you're strapped for funds, you can do most of the work yourself. But I think hiring an editor is probably one of the best things to do. And there's websites or you can just find a local reporter or an English teacher or somebody who does that. Um, that's probably of the investment you need to do. Also, getting a good cover. Covers are important and um, hiring somebody to make a cover. Uh, cover design, which probably the two investments that you need the most, and then the rest of it you kind of mush around. Um, and then there are people that will do the whole package for you. You just write the book for you know the five thousand to ten thousand range. So it it can be really wide, but you definitely can do it on the on the bottom if you want. So yeah, and as you're talking, Bruce, I'm thinking about you have to think about why you're doing your book, right? You have to start with the why. So is it a personal project? Is it for business? And then then set a budget in mind, and then you can shop around, like Bruce said, between... And Canva is a great tool, too. I do agree with that. Yep. I do like Canva for many for many uses for image-related stuff. Um, but, you know, then you can take it from there and figure it out. I know when people um, knew that I had written a book, they're like, oh, you know, how'd you get started? What did you do? And the other piece of advice that made me think of, Bruce, and you probably will agree with this, is to get support. Most cities have a local writing group. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I had done mine through my health coaching uh, course, right? So they had offered this program that was new to them, too. And so I, they couldn't take my course. And so I would readily share what I knew. But I'd say, you know, go find a good writing group because within those, they're usually nonprofits. So, for example, I know there's Grub Street, um, in San Diego, there's a writer's workshop, San Francisco. So you just plug it in, Google, see what's around you. And and um, a lot of times the libraries will have stuff too. So right. there's right. so many people out there looking to, that will be available to help you on your journey. Do you agree? Like, it, yeah. Yeah, oh, definitely. I think those are there. I also have, like, I have um, a group called How to Publish Your Book 
uh, it's on Facebook. So it's a large group. We have over 30, about 3,500 members now, all authors, all self-publishers. Um, you know, it's a great place to ask questions and get community, get support. Um, it's the same thing you have. It's just the online version of it. And there are quite a few of these uh, online book writing communities around. So if you're not near something, you can certainly find all of this online. Um, and then, you're right, the senior centers, the libraries, the community centers, uh, you know, writing books is, is something that's very much dear to a lot of people. So it's a lot of resources. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And, and yes, your Facebook group is excellent. What's nice about you, Bruce, is that you're so engaged with your uh, audience that you're constantly on there. And if you don't know the answer, you'll find it. And it seems like it's a very supportive group. I'm not a um, Facebook person, but I did jump on, I know, when I was going through my process, because um, it's it's so nice to be connected to other people going through the same journey as you are. So um, I think that's a great resource. Uh, before we get into kind of some more of the technical, I, I did want to ask, so for those who are looking to use it for their professional, for professional purposes, you hear a lot about eBooks and the value, you know, using those on your website. Can you talk about an ebook versus a just a regular book. Yeah, so there's really there's sort of two kinds of ebooks. So the ones that most people sort of think when they think ebook is the kind that runs on a Kindle or a Nook. So just a you buy it on Amazon, it's an ebook, you download it to your device, to your phone. A lot of books are read on phones, Kindle readers, Nooks, uh, those are those kind of devices. So that's sort of the standard kind of ebook that we think of. The other kind of ebook is, and this can be very easily created when you're doing the paperback version, is a PDF. And so you can just, um, you know, when, when Michelle and I have worked on a book project, we send PDFs back and forth. Well, that works very well for people. People can download it. They also work really well on um, as something that uh, people can uh, put onto their websites and then download it from there. So you can put a little book cover on there and you can use it as a lead generator to get people into your emailing list. You can use it just as a resource. Um, but it's a very easy thing, and it's read by pretty much everybody across the planet because um, everybody has a PDF readers built into the browser. And you can put links in there also, which is another cool thing. But you can also do it with the regular ebooks. Um, and I think people should use both. Um, you're not just one or the other. Um, you know, you'll put your book up on Kindle, but you'll also make a PDF of that same file. You can sell it. You can give it away. You can use it as a lead magnet. You can do all kinds of things with that. You can break it into components. Um, so both of those work. There is something, though, powerful. And, you know, I really sort of emphasize that if you've gone through all the effort of making an ebook, a regular traditional ebook, you're so close to making a print book. Mm. Go mm. make the print book. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. like handing somebody a book. Um, you can you can you know, there's a you can send it to in FedEx. You can use it as a promo at a conference. You can just hand it to them on a sales call. Um, you can make money from them. <laughs> you can, you know, you can sell them in the back of the room when you're giving your talks. Um, you can sell them from the front of the room if you're giving your talks. Um, so you, you have a lot of um, uses for that physical book. And if you're only making ebook, you're really quite close to the other. I highly recommend go and get both. And then Amazon will match them up. So on when you go to buy the book, both the books will be sitting there and um, on the same page. So people can buy the People have options, and uh, so that would be my advice is uh, try to get a print book if you can um, just because it's a very powerful tool. When you hand somebody a book, they don't throw it away. They keep it. 
So it's true because it's it's in their hands at this point. Um, So we've given everyone listening right now is a lot to think about and a lot. You've given them a lot of great strategies and ideas. Uh, Let's give them. So people were thinking, okay, you know what? I'm excited. I've been wanting to do this. What are three key action steps that the women listening can do to begin their self-publishing journey today? Like what are the top three pieces of advice you can leave them with? So one of them I would say, which isn't about writing at all, is to start building your platform the day you start writing. Now, very often people start writing a book not realizing they're even writing a book. They're just writing memos because often a lot of people's books are just sitting in their computer. They just need to pull out that report, turn into a book. But building your platform, so your platform are all the ways that people connect with you. So it's your email list, and, and they all have different rankings in terms of importance. Your email list, your Facebook followers, your Twitter followers, the people that you meet at conferences, the people that come to your company, the people that are, you know, that you interact in any way, shape, or form, your family, your friends, that makes up your platform. Those are the people who are going to buy your book. Um, it's I work with a lot of authors or, or the authors come to me, they've just published their book and now they're like, what do I do now? Because actually the marketing of the book is harder than the writing of the book. Yes. Um, so you want to build that platform and you want to start collecting that and, and you can use the content from your writing to start dribbling it out. You know, you can, you don't have to sort of spring your book on your market. Like today, all of a sudden here it is. You want it to be anticipated and people going. So building a platform, I think is a, and however you do it um, is super key. So that's a, a one thing. A second one that I always have authors that work with me do, and I always recommend is once you've sort of written your book and you think, okay, it's just, it's kind of about done. I, this is where it is. It's in Word and you've written the thing or Google Docs or wherever you wrote it. And I'm kind of done is, is what I'll say is format the page to be about the size of what you think the book is. Make a PDF or just, is leave it in Word and take it to Staples or somewhere and print out a copy of the book. Just print it out back to back so the pages have words on both sides. And if you go to a Staples or an Office Max, they can put a spiral binding on it. And what it does is it gives you a proof copy of your book. And it allows you to see book that's just been in computer, in your computer, now in physical form. You can flip the pages. You can hold it. It gets you excited about the next step. You get to see a lot of things that you didn't see when you were writing your book. It's a great point to edit from. And it just sort of, I think it really improves the quality of your book because now you're looking at it as a real thing. Very easy to do. Just take the file, go to your local office, uh, you know, supply store. They all have, you know, copiers that are there and just print it out. So printing a copy is really, really good. And, um, then I guess the third is um, an editor. Have an editor. Go spend the money and have someone edit this. You, you're going to do your first pass editing, um, but have somebody go through it. So build your platform, print a copy so you can look at it physically, and you're going to see so much in that book that you'll make it so much better. And then um, at some point, it's it's definitely worth hiring an editor to clean it up um, because we're you know we don't see the mistakes that other people can see and they'll come at it with fresh eyes. So I think those would be my uh, three action steps to uh, on a book. Yeah, those are all so critical. Those are great. And I, you're right. The platform is so key and you, and people are writing and they don't even realize, you know, suddenly the book's going to be ready and who's it going to, who's it going to launch right. to, right? 
And, and Amazon does not sell your book. Amazon does not market your book. Amazon sells your book, Correct. but they do not market your book. Right. So you need to do that's the part that's one of sort of the, the, the harder sides of self-publishing is that that's on you now. Uh, and even with many, many publishers, especially mostly small publishers, it's still on you. They're not going to do it either. Um, so it's really your responsibility. You're really looking at a, the whole package um, from, you know, creation all the way through to marketing. It's a product, you know, so you're, you're tough to market that product. Yeah, no, that's, it's so right. And I think, you know, I would add to having been through the process, you want to put your best work out there. You want to feel really good about what's out there. Um, and so if you're considering doing this, do what Bruce said in terms of make the investment in having fresh eyes look at it, uh, getting feedback uh, from people who are in the business or, or you know, have the expertise, uh, family and friends. It's can also be useful too, as long as they can be objective. Um, And when they're reading your material in a way, they are objective because they're not familiar with what you're putting out there. And then they can give you feedback like this doesn't make sense or whatever. But really you want to put your most professional hat on as you're approaching the process. And so that actually leads me to my next question, which is what is the, well, and this is going to be tricky because there's so many good books, but what book or maybe top two books could you recommend to somebody who wants to be a writer and get their work out in the world and really perfect their craft? Oh, um, I would go and look up Joanna Penn. The creative pen is her, is her, um, is her website, creativepen.com. She's just fantastic on uh, the process and what you do and how you do it. And, and, um, uh, I think it's, I love her book. It's, she's, her book. She has a series of books on self-publishing, on, on self-publishing marketing, all kinds of things. So Joanna Penn, P-E-N-N, uh, and the Creative Pen, I think is is one I would do. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Stephen Pressfield and StephenPressfield.com. I love he writes fiction, nonfiction, and how to write books. Mm. He's got a wonderful website, um, the StephenPressfield.com. Sign up for his email list. He just really is more fiction on there, but he just talks about the process of writing and his, his books on writing are excellent. Uh, I would really recommend them. That's what I do. Another book that I really like a lot came out a few years ago is called write, publish, repeat by Sean Platt and Johnny Truant. And one of the things, if you're sort of interested in building a business out of your publishing, um, which you can easily do and how you set your books up and what you do and how you move readers from one book to the next book to the next book. Uh, they, they cover this topic extremely well in publish, uh, write, publish, repeat. They're a writing partnership and uh, they really cover how you set up funnels inside of your book and how you move writer, readers from one book to the next book to the next book. So I, I have gotten a lot out of that book. One of the I don't know how many you want here. One of the classics is Bird by Bird by Annie Lamont um, is also a, is a classic book on writing. Um, so those would be my, um, I think those would be where I, uh, where I would go. Yeah, those are, those are great. Uh, let's see here. So Bruce, how do you define success? Because everyone defines it differently. And I really want to reinforce that success is so unique to everyone. So what's your definition? My definition is success is that you sold one copy of your book. And the reason that I say you sold one copy 
is that to sell one copy, you have had to have done all the parts. You've had to write it, edit it, get it done, get it designed, get the files made, PDF files, Word file, whatever they are. You had to set up your, your accounts on CreateSpace or Kindle. You had to upload your book. You had to get it on Amazon. And you had to do some kind of a little bit of marketing and let people know you had it. It might just be a Facebook post. You might have just told somebody, hey, go buy my book. That's marketing. But you did the entire arc of of from beginning all the way to the end. And so I think just selling one copy, because if you can sell one copy, then you can sell 10 and then 100 and 1,000 and, and on you go and then another book. Um, you know, if you can, if you can sell one – the selling one copy is good. And then after that, it's just marketing of getting your book out there. So for me, that's success um, that you completed the entire process because a lot of people just don't get that far. They, it breaks down. There's a lot of steps. And um, uh, in my my book, I want to publish my book, but I don't know how I put in a, uh, a checklist that kind of walks people through. And, you know, people stumble at all those different places. So um, that's my definition of success is that you sold one copy of your book. I love that. I do. It's true. If you if you impact one other life in a positive way, then that's that is success, no doubt. Um, Bruce, is there anything I didn't ask you that you wished I had? Um, no, I think we have. I mean, I think just just sort of jump in and get going. Um, one of the beauties of of this whole print on demand and self-publishing that's different than the way books used to be printed. When we look at a book that's sort of sitting on our shelves from, you know, that we just might buy somewhere, that's a, a fixed product and you can't change it. And one of the things that people don't realize about um, the self-publishing model is you can update and change your book. It is not a fixed thing. It's just electronic file. So, you know, I, I always tell people that perfection freezes progress. And a lot of people, you know, one of the hardest things for people to do is hit the publish button, um, whether it's on a blog post or the, or a book, they get sort of frozen by that. And it can really freeze you forever or for years and years. Um, but it's the realization that it isn't really final. You didn't, you know, even if something went up and it was a horrible mistake, you can fix it. Um, and so I think that's important for people who are sort of in the, perfectionist mode is that this doesn't this isn't the life ending thing if something is wrong and you can you can get in there and adapt it and update it and fix it and i've had to fix a few books i you know over the course sometimes you just make a mistake but with a print on demand book you can you can change the shape the size the feel anything you need to if you have to and so i think that um that's important to remember that this is a fluid kind of thing um and then just just get going i mean just it, it's the, the gatekeepers have fallen in many areas now between broadcasting, advertising, distribution, distributing, publishing, manufacturing. We have enormous opportunity to get our content out there and share it with the world. Um, and I think that's a really wonderful, a wonderful thing. So thank you for adding that. That was so perfect. Actually, it's it's so very true. And it gives people permission to say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do my best job. And if I realize I made a mistake somewhere down the line, I can go back. Or if I want to alter it, I have that choice. But it allows for the decision process to then push that button and hit publish and just take that right. chance. So thank you for sharing right. that. I think that's so, so helpful. And thank you, Bruce, for always being so generous. <laughs> and no, you are. And so passionate about what you do. I've really not met somebody who's so 
enthusiastic and so encouraging and passionate about the self-publishing world. And again, that's why I wanted to have you on. So why don't you direct us to where people can find you in case they want to learn more about you and your work and what you offer? So I have three places. So I always encourage people to come over to Facebook um, and, and just search on to how, how to publish your book. Just those words, how to publish your book. And you can just do that in the Facebook group, a little search bar. It's a group and come join the group. We have you know, over 3,000 people, and it's a great place to ask questions and just sort of see what's going on. Um, you can go to brucethebookguy.com is my blog, where I publish longer pieces on publishing, and I put videos, and all my courses are there. Um, I, a good chunk of my book, the uh, I Want to Publish My Book, is there, and you can look at that. Um, and then the third place is if you're interested in moving forward with a, with a course, and I've done books, uh, courses on how to publish, and how to make a Kindle book, and how to make a journal book, a bunch of different ones. Those are at uh, publishingmastery101.com. That's my publishing school, and you can sign up, and then there's different kinds of courses and things that you can take. So um, those would be the three, probably the three best. Thank you, Bruce. It's been such a pleasure having you on today. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you, Michelle. Okay. Talk soon. hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. I'd love to hear what resonated with you. So come on over to the goodlifecoach.com podcast page. While you're there, you can look at all the show notes from today's episode and join my newsletter. As a thank you, you'll receive the first chapter of my book for free. Thanks so much for listening and bye for now.